0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Jokey Dolphin Gaming Podcast, I'm Mark, and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey up, duck. How are we? Episode 14. That's wow. it. We can get a paper round, if we wanted uh, to. Uh, No. I work it up as it is, thank you very much. I don't want a paper <laughs> round. I don't even read the papers, so.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Well, it's been a big week, hasn't it? It has. We've had consoles. It's it's the thing we've been looking forward to for years upon years, well, a couple of years maybe. Yeah. And finally here, Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S and the PS4, but not in here. No, sorry, the PS5. PS5. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> but I not here if anything would have mixed the up the
1: Xboxes. <laughs> yeah. not,
0: not quite yet. But not here. Yeah. Not quite for us. Four like, days to go for mobile. the PS5. <laughs> mm. Anybody? Followed anything about it? I, guess, like, I can't say I personally <laughs> tried to observe anything, any reviews or anything like that. I've kind of stayed away. Um, I've seen a few bit. Well, I've looked into both consoles
1: because I've been trying to get my hands on the Series X. Not, I've not managed to get one as yet. Um, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. It seems like in terms of the speed of the consoles, the hype is real. Mm-hmm. um in terms of how fast the SSDs are loading the games um i don't know if you've watched any of this but like for example fast traveling in the witcher 3 um i've seen that and it's pretty much done in like 2 seconds loading gta is done in a couple of seconds and we know how long that used to take to load um mm-hmm. it's just rapid i mean it's features like this that um, pc players have had for a good few years now using SSDs and um us mere mortal console players uh, might not have had um, had that kind of a uh, feature, but we've got it now, and it it seems really good. Well, well, we haven't got it now. <laughs> well, we we've, we've not, no, no, not. Not personally, us, no, no. But the the, the it's there people
0: that play the consoles do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The internet's gone a bit of a. I don't know why the internet does this, but they start to do stupid things. And there's these Xbox videos, isn't there?
2: Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: People seem to be, after the Xbox launched, they seem to put these videos online saying it was smoking. I thought but, it was real when I first saw
1: that. Like, oh, here we go I, again. Yeah.
3: Really? I initially thought as well, but I, well, one of the videos I thought might have been real, but when there was a second one up of um, kind of a different, a different look of smoke and a different kind of volume of it as well i was just like "Mm, one one seems a little bit more so basically what people have been doing is vaping through the back of it so it comes up through the top (laughs) yeah pretty much um i believe someone from uh one of the official xbox twitter handles i think it might have been in brazil could be wrong um had to demonstrate um basically what what they'd done and that like when you when you turn the when you turn the system off, the fan is still essentially still moving. So from the so bomb back end of the console, um, he essentially just blew this like vapor smoke in. He could show that like it it rose up through the top of the fan at the top of the console. It was like yeah, this is this is pretty much what people are doing. And then I think Xbox official Twitter handle was like. We can't believe we had to say this, but please don't blow a baby smoke into your electrical <laughs> consoles. I, I can't,
0: I can't fathom. You paid four hundred and fifty quid or whatever, five hundred dollars. Yep. And you decided like pretending it's broken by doing something that could potentially then actually break it.
3: Well, I say it's, you what, know, it's... how
0: idiotic can you be?
3: It's powdered liquid It can still damage the insides. I <laughs> know
0: you need you yeah. need those sweet sweet internet points, don't you? That's what we're after. <laughs> That's it,
1: and for your internals of your Xbox to smell like marshmallow, yay!
3: Cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like some room had like the plan of like if we can if we can show that my Xbox is broken,
1: then it'll, it'll turn me me people
2: over
1: one. to. I, I thought it was just um, the P- I'd have thought it would have been the PlayStation, um, like. Hardcore buying the Xboxes to vape into them to show that them breaking to push people over to PS5.
3: That would oh. be silly.
0: Uh. I did see one did funny one, one though. Where, um, guy walked in. Uh, he walked into his room with his Xboxes there, and uh, in, the con- in the disc slot bit, uh, he's just put a cigarette in it. <laughs> so there's just a cigarette lit <laughs> in it. So this Xbox That's is great. smoking. All right. <laughs> that, that one. Chuckled, but all the rest I thought was stupid. Mm. Yeah. Uh, right, so we're moving to other news. Yeah. So, Activision Blizzard have made $1.2 billion from microtransactions in just three months. An wow. And that covers the period of July to September. It's a lot of cheddar. Uh, well, so, the Call of Duty. Micro-
2: like
3: Overwatch, wasn't
0: it? Well, the Call of Duty microtransactions are four times higher this year than they were last year. Oh, go back. Largely, largely, I assume, because of the pandemic. Pandemic. So people are indoors, play more games. Yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare's first year sales uh, were the highest in Call of Duty history. Oh. And the the 1.2 billion figure is 69% improvement over the same period last year. And that represents more than half of the company's total revenue. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Well, they're never going to stop with the microtransactions
1: then. Um, oh, if it's no. on so much of a, um, an increase and it's that much of the company's revenue, um, you can only see that other companies might look at this and decide to follow suit if they've not already. Um, so, yeah, yeah. microtransactions that... taking over yeah, even I more.
0: Li- I don't like that news because that's just alarm that's just bells to everyone else, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, this is where we should go.
3: Well, I mean, funny enough, uh, I-, I might have news that could potentially counteract that, but we'll uh, we'll see on that one. But that's uh, that's a lot of money. So, like, even just for <laughs> yep, even just for like, so <laughs> for just for Modern Warfare, like, it's without the microtransactions, it's actually sold more copies in in, in the cold, in COD history.
0: Yep, the, uh, the first year sales are the highest in Call history.
3: Wow. Hmm. What was the. Do we know what was previous for Holder? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I suppose that shows that COD's um, back on its trail of make money and. It's on the money
0: train. That's what it's on. It's on the money train. But speaking of Call of Duty, there's been some controversy about the new one. Black Ops Cold War. Like
3: there always is with every Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> so, it's, on PlayStation, it's been accused of becoming pay to win. Uh, Activision and Sony have been heavily criticised following the reveal of the PlayStation exclusive content for the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, PlayStation owners get two extra creator class slots, extra tier skips, extra weapon XP, and exclusive double XP events. And there's also something called the Battle Pass Bundle Bonus. And PlayStation owners will buy it for twenty dollars, get an additional five tier skips, and that accumulates to twenty-five total tier skips. And they also have what's known as the PlayStation Party Bonus. So, if PlayStation players play together in a party, they get twenty-five percent bonus increase in weapon XP. None of that is on Xbox or any other platform. Mm. The major problem here is that it's cross-platform. Yes, yeah, I
3: don't see so... how that is. Pay to win. Alright, you you would probably unlock stuff in the game much quicker. That is a like, lot of extra stuff. It's a lot of extra stuff, but like in terms of actual just if we talked about pure gameplay.
0: Well increasing I, I suppose You don't you don't see that as pay to win.
3: But T Skips is for the battle pass though, isn't it? It's like all well, that really unlocks <laughs> is like extra cosmetics, maybe like I think they do have like one or two guns that they used to have like in the whole season of Battle pass, but that's just
0: that is a lot that you can't. I don't. I don't think you can trade Just oh no, I, I'm not <laughs> arguing.
3: I'm not arguing that, that it's heavily favored within PlayStation users. I think argument is, um, is that actually favored as pay to win, as in that you get you get a lot of XP advantages, but that just means you unlock stuff sooner than no.
0: Well, yeah, well, I think that, that's it. I think you can, um, well, yeah, because you're gonna like weapon like attachments and things like that quicker, so isn't that?
1: Yeah, so if an Xbox player has to play four times as long, for example, to get something, and you can get it in twenty five percent of the time, um, you'll have that advantage against the Xbox player. I mean, I I can understand. I suppose, understand so. I suppose it's
3: not... I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms of like actual like gameplay skill. That like someone someone who's like obviously like brilliant at Cod is, is still going to be someone who's unlocked all attachments but aren't yeah. particularly good at I games. agree
0: but it's you still, know I mean it's, it's still there's an advantage though.
3: yeah <laughs> oh, no. it,
0: it bridges I'm not, that gap a little my bit my
3: disagreement isn't the disadvantage my disagreement is the the actual pay to win statement that's been made I don't think that's necessarily correct but I think obviously there's obvious advantages that PlayStation users are going to get
0: yeah, I, I think don't. that's what it is. Basically, it's they're getting a lot of additions and Xbox losing out on a lot of things. Yeah, but it's not all of that because um, the PlayStation version version is also got a exclusive mode for twelve months. Um, yeah, it was is a zombie onslaught mode.
3: Mm-hmm. So, well,
0: if
1: you like Call of Duty, you've got to get yourself a PlayStation then, by the sounds of it, at least for the first year, and you want to get everything out of it.
3: The first yeah Because so,
1: then
0: the after the twelve months, months
3: then the new one come And was. the new
0: Call of Duty mm. was yeah. that's
3: it. And I mean this, this one was already technically uh rushed according to reports that um the next Call of Duty should have been made by Sledgehammer, uh, the ones who made World War Two, but for whatever reason, um their Call of Duty just wasn't up to scratch with what Activision Division wanted, so they've like fast tracked.
0: The trade-off is the microtransaction. That's what. Probably.
3: Yeah, I, I don't like any of this exclusivity
0: nonsense. That's it's, it's just a bit much in it. That's the thing. It's just a bit too much. Just a bit. Uh, Pokemon Go. Mm. So, yep. In the first ten months of the year, it generated one million dollars. A million. Billion. Oh, billion. What's I was gonna say a million? million's that's not much. much even pay stuff staff with that. <laughs> so the lifetime revenue of it is now four, really.
1: Oh, That's not too bad. Yeah. When did it start? 2016.
3: Oh, he's on it. That's true.
1: Yeah, mid-2016. That's
0: it about a billion a year, then. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I think it's got more now because, of, as with everything, the pandemic. Mm. You'd cool. think
3: it wouldn't because, obviously, it's a game that you have to play outdoors. Obviously, no one's been able to go outdoors.
1: Well, uh, Pokemon introduced um, no, but... a few things um, to try and make it easier to play indoors. Mm. So they've doubled the amount of distance that you need to be um, for the um, for spinning Poke Stops and for gyms. So if your gym's like a little bit further down the street and you can't really get to it, they mm. doubled the distance so you could get to it. So you can still spin your stops every day, and every time you. And every single day you get an automatic um, task to do, so you can do your task streaks. Um, And this increased spawns reduced reduced egg distance as well, so you don't have to walk as much. They've subsequently taken that side of it away um, because of the restrictions um, being dropped um, slightly. But, uh, yeah, I think they did put as much as they could in place. That and the remote raid passes as well um so if any of for people who don't play pokemon go um basically there you fight against a pokemon but there can be a group of you that fight that pokemon um and um they introduced something called a remote raid pass so for example a group of you would used to have been need well a group of you would need to be together physically outside like a church for example to battle this one pokemon Mm. but they introduced like a remote pass that you could use so for example I could um, go to the church and invite Matt uh, so we could fight this Pokemon together Mm. and he could be sat at home. Um, So I think they did as much as they could to um, combat the COVID situation. Um, But yeah, they're just my thoughts on it. And I think they did fairly well. Good. Good. But yeah, I mean, for, for Niantic, they've got Pokemon Go, they've got the, the Harry Potter variant as well, and then they've got... I can't remember what the original game was that they had that uses the same mechanics as Pokemon Go and the Harry Potter game. But... Um, yeah, was that was
3: called um, Ingress or something like
1: that. Yeah, that's it. Um, and they were well-received as well, so they've got those different revenue streams coming in. Mm-hmm. So, that's good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... The arcade business is pretty much going down the pan, obviously due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but particularly, it's affected the ones in Japan. Mm. Uh, so, Sega is now leaving the arcade management business. Ah. And they're selling 85.1% of their shares to the, I don't know if you pronounce it, it's either Gender or Gender Group. Mm. So, so, yeah, as I say, this is largely due to the pandemic, which has wrecked the industry in Japan. Uh, so just under 200 sites now be, are going to be sold off or have been. Uh, this is after the parent company Sega Sammy Holdings, in its mid-year financial report, revealed a 21.7 billion yen loss, which equates cool. to 206.7 million dollars. Ouch. Uh, gender was established in 2018 and it operates music machine rentals and the like. Um, sad. To be honest.
2: It, uh, yeah, like really our sad,
0: arcades. Sad for the physical aspect. Yeah. But, but it's like for Sega, but the arcades are going to live on. Mm. But they are going to maintain their Sega branded. Mm. But it's not particularly good for Sega itself. I mean no. maybe
1: maybe with the um this other company acquiring the arcade side, they'll be putting more time and effort into the um the gaming aspect. Well, the like um football manager and Sonic, maybe. Mm,
0: maybe. But that's not the only bad news about Sega. So Mm. Sega Sammy Holdings is now looking for 650 employees to voluntarily leave. If this goes ahead, that will constitute to about 7% of the current workforce. Wow. And they're also reducing executive salaries by up to 30% over the next five months. Uh, But the employees, however, will get a severance package and also assistance with re-employment elsewhere. So Mm -hmm. they're not just throwing them out, which is good to see.
2: Yeah,
0: no, that's,
3: that's always good news.
0: But what makes this particular sad is that it's Sega's 60th anniversary, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really sad time, isn't it? It's, it's not what you want, is it?
2: Not
1: no. Really. I mean, to be honest, ever since Sega dropped out of the um, the console market with the Dreamcast, they've been steadily going downhill anyway. So they, they're not what they were. And to be honest, if out of any of the mainstream, well... Sega's now on the fringe, as I'd say, of any of the, like the mainstream gaming companies. You think Sega would be the ones to downsize because you got Microsoft; they've got that well, Microsoft dollar. Um, Sony, uh, they've got Sony Pictures, and they they're fairly well backed and in the console market. And then Nintendo; they've they could last. Well, they've got money for the next fifty years. Let's face it, with all their first party IPs, that they're, they're never well. I don't think in my lifetime, if they do decide to continue in the gaming market, I don't think they'll, they're will going anywhere. Um, but yeah, it is sad. Um, because Sega, for a lot of people, was, was the childhood. Um, yeah. Golden Axe, um, Sonic, um, Road Rash, l- l- just so many different games that came out on the um, Sega Mega Drive or Genesis in America, um, mm. Saturn, Dreamcast. Um, if you're old enough, the master system, SG-1000. So, yeah, it is, is a sad time. But I think um, them doing this in some ways is a good thing. They're cutting the cloth accordingly so that they can continue. So maybe um, by doing this, it'll cause them to carry on and uh, keep making games that we enjoy.
0: Yeah, hopefully it produces stability, doesn't it? Because mm. I, so. mm. I wouldn't want them to disappear.
1: No, definitely or not. Or
0: maybe Microsoft might come along. Yeah, da, da, da. I mean they've, I mean they've got a
1: fairly good relationship well, with Microsoft, so mm. it might help them out. What's this
3: space? Mm. Well, I mean, apparently there was a report um, done that Microsoft were kind of approaching uh, quite a, quite a few Japanese studios um, about
0: mm. acquisition. I watched. I was watching an interview with Phil Spencer earlier this morning, and he debunked that. But whether mm. he's just trying to throw people off the trail, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, maybe.
3: Potentially, I mean, it, it, it does. It does sound as though they, they are trying to make an effort into that Japanese market that they've always really struggled in. Like, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got Nintendo, who's always going to be number one in Japan. And then, and then Sony as well. Like Sony The Japanese,
1: as well. Japanese market always tend to look after their own companies first. And like Microsoft's like the American company trying to import their brand of games to Japan. So mm. I think that's why they've had quite a bit of pushback from the Japanese audience. They've never particularly done well at all in Japan.
0: Europe is mm. the battleground, though. Hmm. i both.
1: <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Fight, fight for us and give us all the good games. Yeah. Even though we always get screwed
0: out of games, but anyway, that's just my opinion. True opinion. <laughs> you are true. That is true. Right. This is more money lost, but this is self-inflicted. This one. Well. So Square Enix. Mhm. Uh, they reported a 6.5 billion yen loss, and that's about 63 million dollars. And this has been driven mainly due to the poor sales figures of the Marvel Avengers game. Hmm. It's believed that the game cost between $170 and $190 million to make. Wow. And it only sold 60% of its projection. So that's about 3 million copies sold about. Uh As for the game itself, two months on from its release, the game now appears, get this, now appears to have lost 96% of its player base. Wow. Last weekend, uh, the game peaked with just 1,190 concurrent players. It's dead, isn't it? Unless they make
1: it free to play on PS Plus or on Games for Gold or on the Game Pass, it's going to die.
0: Uh, in November so far, there's only been an average of 752 players per hour.
3: That was just on uh, Steam, though, isn't it? I don't think that's reported elsewhere, is
0: it? I've not read that it's just Steam. Okay.
3: I I, I read an article that... It's those, not good either way. Steam figures, but...
0: Yeah, what
1: I want to know, what no, do you guys not... think the game deserves this? Because you've played it.
0: Well, I played the beta, and I wasn't keen. I
3: bought the game like an idiot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you did you mainly buy it for the, the the story? I I,
3: I did buy pick. it for the story because I mean, I, as as it was getting closer to launch and reviews reviews were coming out, they were saying it does actually have quite a solid, um, you know, campaign to it. I was like, oh okay. Like that was the one thing that actually got me interested in it. Like nothing else got me really interested into it. Like I didn't like um I didn't like the marketing around it. I didn't like the just overwhelming kind of marketing on like microtransactions of like oh, you if you get this from Virgin the exclusive skins, oh you get this from You know, GameStop, you got exclusive
0: skins, which was ridiculous. Um, PlayStation, you get Spider Man.
3: And then, yeah, and then PlayStation exclusively gets Spider Man, um, which is, um, again, just like. I mean, I I suppose you can understand it because they've got some sort of special deal with with Sony. um, Whether they have some sort of rights to Spider Man or not, I don't know. But um, it's just ridiculous. But, you know. Heard the, the story team, was good.
0: The game clearly had problems from the outset.
3: Yeah.
0: Was uh, do you think it was a good idea that they released that beta from a marketing standpoint? Because I think that's probably what might put a lot of players off. Because I remember, didn't we say that there wasn't it that that was the most downloaded beta in PlayStation history, or something like
3: that? It was, yeah. It was similar like that, or at least. At, and to, at and the to go time from
0: that changed. to go from that to what the sales speed um, suggests so a lot of people are playing it. And this just went, nah. I'll touch it. That I way don't know.
3: It's, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think the news that there was um, around the B.O. was fairly mixed as well. Like some were saying it was, it was actually you know, fun to play. Others were saying, you know, there's, you know, outside of once you've done it with story, what else is there to it? Um, obviously, it's the multiplayer, but is there any really uh, an incentive to, to carry on? Um, I mean... From my personal experience of the game, I do think it's got a very solid um, Avengers story. And I like this. It's all kind of around um, Camilla Khan who was a really interesting character. I think she's, she's done really well in this game. Um, enough to get me to want to know more about her outside of just this game. Knowing that she's going to have her own TV series, which is cool. Maybe she'll be involved in the movies at some point. I don't know. Um, you know the voice acting was pretty good. I mean, for the amount of talent that was there, I think it was going to be obvious it was going to be good. I think all the characters were done really well, but I think the big thing that just let it down is like the gameplay is just the game's, the
0: games in the service.
3: Well, that's it. There's that, and then there's you know go from point A to point B, fight away with enemies, do something, fight another wave of enemies, do something else, fight you know a final wave of enemies. <laughs> yeah. I think he was let down as well with um, a massive lack of bosses as well. Like, there's... Mm. Oh, who is there? There's Abomination, um, which was sort of an interesting fight, but it's just kind of a big guy fight. Another big guy is the Hulk. Um, I think the only other really memorable one was Mordok, who was right at the end. And that's kind of it. So... And, and, I mean, the bugs as well. It was a fairly buggy game. You could tell it was released a bit unfinished. And then they threw updates at it, and then that broke the game further. It certainly broke mine. <laughs> you know, uh, I was enjoying playing it to a certain point, and then one update, and I couldn't get back into the game. And I've not touched the game since. They've probably made 500 updates, and I've just I've lost the interest to go back to it. So... Well.
0: To put all this in perspective, the Final Fantasy VII Remake generated a higher income for Square Enix during its launch quarter on one platform than the Avengers did on three platforms. Some might say it's not a fair comparison to make because obviously a lot of people have been clamoring for Final Fantasy VII Remake for years upon years. Mm -hmm. But it is the Avengers. so You would think that would pull in a lot of people.
3: But anyway. You would think so. I I think I think one big thing they should have done is try and make their own like, vision of the Avengers rather than clearly a MCU
0: knockoff. Well, personally, they should have just allowed, allowed Crystal Dynamics to do their own thing, not be pushed into this game as a service thing. It could have been a great game. It really could have been a great game. I actually think Chris, this might kill off um,
3: Crystal Dynamics, which would be very unfortunate. I really hope not. They're a good studio. They're brilliant, I mean, the Tomb Raider games were excellent, but they've been
0: they obviously going to be thrown under the bus with this one, unfortunately. So, anyway, Codemasters. Mm. Any uh, play Codemasters games? Yeah, I
3: um, I quite like the Dirt series.
0: Mm-hmm. that's good. Also, make the F1 games. Um, they're in talks with Take Two, possibly taken over by them. So, the UK-based publisher of Dirt in the F1 games. Uh, that they discussion with them for a possible sale of $973 million. Uh, Co Masters have said that should Take Two formally submit a bid, the board intended to unanimously recommend the shareholders to accept it. I don't know whether they actually agreed to it now. Mm. Uh, Take Two said it believes that the combination of Take Two and Co Masters would bring together two world class interactive entertainment portfolios with a highly complementary fit between 2K and Co Masters in the racing genre. They added, Take-Two believes that it can bring benefits to Codemasters performance by leveraging Take-Two global distribution and 2K's core operating expertise in publishing, including live operations, analytics, product development, and brand and performance marketing. Whatever all that guff means. Uh, personally, I don't like the sound of this, because I think this is going to go into micro-transaction heaven, well, hell. Show we a because it's 2K. Have
3: you heard yeah. that? I've heard about the 2K basketball
0: games. Oh, they There's are like, like forced adverts in it. Terrible. Yeah, I saw that.
3: I heard about this.
0: Yeah, I think
1: it's—is it like near the end of when the game's loading? They play an advert before you get into a game. Is that about. it? It's yeah, similar, but, you, but you can't skip. them. Yeah, exactly. You can't skip them. <sighs> and you're paying full price for this game as well. Like if I pay yeah. fifty quid for a game, I don't want to be advertised to on top of it. So I. Give, give me the game for 30 quid, and I might be a bit more inclined for you to show me ads. It's but the sort of
0: thing you expect in a free-to-play game, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So. Not like yeah. 60, 70 quid. Blimey. Um, I don't really like this news, to be honest, but maybe that's just nostalgic for me, because when I think Codemasters, I think Micro Machines. Mm. That's what I used to play when I was younger. I used to love that game. And then they did that reboot a couple of years ago, and it was terrible. But enough of that. I don't, I don't know if that was Codemasters, though. Probably not. <laughs> and any
1: other news? I've got a, um, a rumor that's come out. Um, so this one might be of interest to you Matt. Um, so the rumor is that heart Gold and Soul Silver could be heading to the switch as remakes. So if, uh, if for anyone who doesn't know, um, Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Gold, they um, had remakes on the DS called Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver which um, redid the second generation of Pokemon games, Um, those variants of the games are fairly expensive now. Um, Mm. Going from, well, I think they're going from like £70 each, um, which for a game that came out in, well, the mid, well, the tail end of the 2010s um, is, well, fairly expensive. So I think it could be a good opportunity for some people to buy that and to play those games uh, with upgraded graphics. Um, And if you can go back to Kanto as well, that'd be, that'd be great. I don't imagine they'd cut that thing out. Um, So you get two generations in one. Uh, One thing that I wouldn't want to see though, if they did um, transfer the game over is the let's go um, catching function. Um, so in Let's Go, they change the way that you catch Pokemon. It's a bit like Pokemon Go, where you flick the Pokeball, and um, and that's about it. You don't have to battle the Pokemon down. It's just a, a chance thing, really. Um, what did you think of that mechanic, Matt? And would you want to see it in any other Pokemon games?
3: I was I was actually fine with Let's Go. Like um, I thought it re I thought it remade the first games quite well. I think it reintroduced. Um, I suppose it's just reintroduced audience to to what Pokémon kind of used to be like. Um, yeah. Well, not used to be like. But probably for a, a younger audience, I think. Let's go was really aimed at as like a as an introduction to Pokémon. I should probably be saying that. Um, I actually thought it was it was it was fine. I, I thought the catching. Uh, mechanics were a bit hit and miss um, especially with the uh, with the Joy-Cons it, it, it didn't seem quite as accurate as, as what I'd like it to be Yeah. Um, I think even even with the, the Pokemon uh, or the Pokeball Go um, controller that they'd specifically made for the game so that the catch mechanics were a little bit more accurate that still was like a bit it was better than the Joy Cons, but um, it was still quite quite a bit of a nuisance to kind of use. Um, but I actually thought they were, they were fine. Um, I I loved a lot of things that those games introduced, like um, having the Pokemon appear in the wild for the first time. Rather than yeah, I think that was a really chance. good addition. Yeah,
1: definitely. Just um, so you but, could walk around the Pokemon they didn't want. Rather yeah. than having a thousand Zubats come at you in a cave, for example.
3: Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Z- Zubats in the um, Mount Moon was was always a terrible, uh, terrible experience.
1: Yeah, I think that was the first cave that you needed to use Flash on from memory. And um, I don't know about you, but there was when I first played Pokemon, I never you I never taught one of my Pokemon Flash because I thought it was like a dead move, um, taking up a slot. So I, I used to just walk around aimlessly until I could get out of the cave.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, I do think as, as years went by, I think they made Flash a little bit more useful so that if you actually used it in a in a Pokemon battle, I think it would it confuse. I think it might confuse.
1: Themselves. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they did make it a lot more useful.
3: Uh, mm, yeah. And then, uh, again, I think the introduction to... Being able to have Pokemon... Um, out of the pokeball was really cool and then even to use some as like riding them around even Mm. like once you got all eight gym badges um i think it was like it was either all eight gym badges or you had to complete the elite four but you got to unlock um pokemon that you could fly around in which made it really cool as well um although you can fly the whole map like i wish you could like there was obviously some bits of a ward off but I, w- I would actually be fine if they did like a Let's Go Johto, if they implemented a lot from what they did with Let's Go. Maybe, mm-hmm. hopefully, imp- improve the catching mechanics. Um, the cob aspect of it as well was kind of cool. Um, yeah,
1: because if um, for the second Joy-Con you could give it to a second user, and if they shook yeah. the Joy-Con, it would give them their own like avatar that they could walk around with.
3: Yeah, I, and they of always wish...
1: catch. So.
3: Yeah, so the W catch the Pokemon. I'd kind of want them to implement that further where you actually brought in a second player from their kind of play time as well, so they have their own Pokemon, their own Pokeballs. Mm. Um, maybe make a little competition where, like, whoever caught the Pokemon first would get the Pokemon or something. That would be kind of cool. Um, I don't mind if they did, like, a Let's Go Joe version, because I, I just think, uh, I think from my, well, from my experience, I, I like Let's go games. I think they get a bit of stick for, for just its catch mechanics, which I think is a bit unfair. So I, th- I think it's actually, in some places, actually a nicer looking Pokemon game than Sword and Shield as well. Which is probably a bit unfortunate, but that's yeah. Uh, I- I'd agree let's with talk, that. Let's talk for another matter. Um, I'd be <laughs> yeah. fine. I'd, I'd be surprised if they did do Silver and Gold, though, because I would have thought the natural progression would be right, we need to remake Diamond and Pearl now. Mm.
1: Um,
3: if they followed on from...
1: What well, they were do doing with... Yeah.
3: Like, I would want to see... They did
1: all Omega Ruby and Alpha, Alpha Sapphire, didn't they? So um...
3: Yeah, so they did them after X and Y. For some reason, they didn't do one after Sun and Moon. They, were, they ended up going straight into Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. But I'd, I'd like to see Diamond and Pearl. And uh, and platinum, in the same vein as Sword and Shield, but just really expanded upon.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they'll get to that at some point.
3: Mm. Yep, yeah. hopefully.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, so there was an interview with Todd Howard, so the head honcho of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he released a few details about some of their upcoming games. So Starfield, there'll be no multiplayer in it. It will be exclusively single player. And that, and Elder Scroll Six will have procedural generation. So Ooh. to clarify on this, it won't be randomly generated game worlds, but it will have randomly generated in-game content. I'm not quite sure what that means exactly. Okay. But they are currently working on a complete engine overhaul. That's good. She's very good.
3: <laughs> no, they've needed. Definitely...
0: Yeah, it's cracking on a bit now. Yeah. And both games will be on X, uh, Xbox Game Pass from day one. Mm. Not surprising. Well, it could be some years before Starfield, apparently. Mm. That's pretty much all you really said in this interview. I,
3: I could see what they probably mean is that, like, they'll be kind of... It'll feel more natural in that you'll get quests more kind of a randomly rather than fairly set. You know, yeah. like you have to go to this NPC to start this side quest to do this thing and that. It's gonna be more kind of like I don't know, running child runs up to you and requests for you to banish the evil whereas chasing it. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. It probably feel it feels like a natural living world rather than fairly set kinda of stuff. That yeah, could be good. Um, I'd probably look forward to more to Starfield more than the next Elder Scrolls probably. I've never been I've always wanted to get into the Elder Scrolls series, but every time I try it, I just... I don't know. Maybe it's just not my
0: setting to like. I don't know. It, it did take me about three years to complete oblivion. Because
2: mm.
0: mm. I was playing, like, on and off.
2: Every time yeah. I played it,
0: I did enjoy it. But then for some reason, i just stop and then just forget about it and <laughs> just play other things and then eventually go back and play it.
2: Yeah.
0: But, yeah not even start Skyrim. me yeah. I put um I put away for the PS5 series <laughs> Yeah,
1: definitely. Um I put a good couple of hundred hours into Skyrim um when mm. I was playing it. And uh, my PlayStation 3 ended up getting the yellow light of death. Um, so I lost all of my oh, no. data. Um because if you didn't know, if you transfer a hard drive from a PlayStation 3 to another PS3, it wipes it before it can use it for the console. So I threw a pad. And uh like, I'm not playing anymore. That's it. I've, um, so I did start the VR Skyrim version. Um, I played about half an hour of that before I got a headache and decided to put it down. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I'll continue that at some point. But I really enjoy the Elder Scrolls games. Um, I, a bit of me just enjoys the vastness of them, even though sometimes I don't like the, well, traversing, but it's 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 fun because you can find anything like you could be going through a forest and you could find a house with like a witch in and then you could fight a killer take all the stuff um yeah well anything can happen I think we've all seen the glitches um mm. <laughs> yeah. and all the stuff that people have done with it so um that's fun as well
3: mods are always fun
1: yeah especially the Thomas the tank mod with the dragons that's hilarious <laughs> but anyway um yeah I am really looking forward to if they well well when they bring a new Skyrim or well Elder Scrolls game um be looking forward to getting to that Xbox exclusive do we think timed I'd say I think it'd be a timed exclusive uh, I could
3: see timed yeah I could see timed maybe the first 6
1: months you'd get it on Xbox and then after that they'll release it for everything else Switch Pro fingers crossed by then um and then the PS5
0: uh, other news, Amazon has filed a patent application to group toxic players together online. So they can destroy each other. So the patent describes a behaviour-aware player selection for multiplayer electronic games. So, obviously, normally matchmakers tend to be based on well, this skill-based Skill. matchmaking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um But the patent acknowledges that there are other factors that should be made aware. So the idea is that players' enjoyment can be based heavily on the behaviour of other players. So, these players could be labeled as toxic by users, and then these could be isolated together. Uh, the pattern does acknowledge, though, that it can be difficult to distinguish from what exactly it defines toxic and non toxic player, so, yeah. such as profanity, for example. So, yeah. someone might be comfortable with profanity, but if you quit early in a game, they might object to that. Yeah. That, toxic. Whereas you might have another player who considers the, the profanity as toxic. And then the quitting they don't really care about. So mm-hmm. where does that lie? Mm, um, yeah.
2: it's,
0: it's kinda I think it's it's open to abuse basically, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you are asking, it sounds if like you're, it, yeah. If you're asking to vote on other players, a lot of people are just gonna just randomly vote on someone who's doing nothing, aren't they? That's it. Oh you you beat me on FIFA, you're toxic.
3: Yeah. Well I said <laughs> I could just see just like, I, like. That I get really abused.
1: Mm. I think it's a good step though, because um, I can see there being a menu before you start a multiplayer game for you to select what Do you options want to play you want. The
0: toxic players. Yeah, mm. that's
1: it. Like where all the your mum jokes are and stuff. <laughs> or oh, some some of them YouTube videos. If if and when that does come out, it'll be
0: absolutely hilarious. Just recording them lobbies <laughs> of all the toxic people. Yeah. For. for... Those sweet, sweet internet points against you just go that's on, and you just intentionally start being toxic, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah,
0: and then you get put in those lobbies just to see what everyone else is. Yeah, anyway, well, that's they've only filed it, they've not been accepted, I don't think so. I don't know if they can, it. I don't know if that could be accepted as a pattern because even they've described their like the issues with it, so
2: mm.
0: I can't see that happening. Microsoft is now phasing out peer to peer party channels on to improve security, players could potentially dosh your network through your IP address if you Mm join chat. But now they're going to, they're slowly going to be moving on to server-based. Oh, that's good. So they won't be able to do that anymore, which is good. Small thing, but it's a a good quality of life issue.
1: I don't know if any of you have heard about this, but there's a PS5 download bug um, that makes users. Well, in order to fix it, you'll need to um, format your PS5. Um, So basically what happens is um, GameCube is downloading, but it just doesn't. So basically what you have to do is format your PS5, then re-add your games to your queue, and then they will download. So that's an issue that some people have been having. So that was uh, corroborated by IGN. So they've um, acknowledged it and tested it. So, yeah, if anybody's um, getting games just continuously in the download queue and never downloading, you'll need to reformat your PS5 in order for that to work.
3: That's not good if you've just downloaded Call of Duty.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Re-downloaded all that again. Oh, God. Oh, also, in in addition, um, I don't know if we've covered this previously, but um, when you use external hard drives to the PS5, you'll only be able to use PS4 games on those external hard drives for now. So that's just another another thing. Um, The only other thing I've got is about the inflation of game prices. So publishers um, seem to be trying to push the £60 mark now in terms of next generation games and some even higher. Now, from the 90s, I think the general game prices were about 40 quid in the UK. And given the inflation of the pound, that should be around £80 now um, from 1990 to today um and they've kept pretty constant i mean in the last generation for me i think i've seen the jump from 40 pounds to 50 pounds and 50s the general accepted price now for a brand new game even though we try to get it as cheap as possible um but it seems like publishers are going to push for the 60 pound mark in this new generation do you think the games warrant the price hike um I mean for me it depends what game it is. I mean, for example, if it's going to be full of microtransactions, then that'd really put me about because you've you've spent your sixty pounds, you want a sixty pounds worth of game and you don't want to have to spend an extra ten pounds a month on a a pass or anything like that.
0: This is the thing to me. It's it's the actual type of game. If we're talking about a single player God of War two, for example, sixty pounds. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Knowing the quality of mm-hmm. Santa Monica Studios, what they done with Gun of War, I'd pay that. I think it'd be good. Yeah, But then you get the likes of, well, it's not any mobile, the likes of Destruction All-Stars was going to be 60, 70 quid.
2: Mm.
0: And for that type of game, that does not warrant that price at all. Mm-hmm. And I know that one's changed a PS Plus game in the future, but there will be other games down the line which will be around that similar kind of model, which will launch it around that price. And I just think that's no, because I let's be honest. As much as we love the likes of Rocket League of Four Guys and that kind of thing, they it's don't not, warrant that price. Yeah, there's not enough have, content there. Exactly, there's not enough things in it. It doesn't warrant that amount of price. Yeah, and together with those games, they expect you to do passes and microtransactions, etc., as you mentioned. So it all depends on the, on the type of game, if you ask me. But I sense there's going to be a lot of games which aren't. It's a sad state of affairs in games now, though, that a lot of games are going down that route. It's like the, it's like the um, games as a service thing. Mm. I don't think the Avengers game was worth that much money because mm. it went down the games as a service model. Yeah,
1: I think for games like that, that are going to recoup the money the later there, on with the pass, yeah, um, you'd probably, in reality, maybe 20 £30 pounds you'd pay for a game like that. And then that you'd recoup another thirty pounds with a annual pass or something, and do it that way. And then you'd have the microtransactions on top yeah. if you did want to.
0: If you get the yeah, get the biggest game at a low price, and so then if you want to, if you want to give me microtransactions along the way, fine. But I, I personally won't play those games because I'm not interested in all that microtransaction business, for multiplayer games. But I think it's unfair on players to expect them to pay seventy quid for a game like that. Any thoughts, Matt? I mean,
3: I think I think I'm in agreement. I think I think with stuff like single play stuff, like God of War, like you know, I suppose the, the, the narrative-driven games. Of us, so. Yeah, yeah. I think six sixty quid is perfectly fine because we know the quality of those studios. We know what they can make. You know, we know we can rely on that their games are going to be fairly top quality. You know suppose the triple a label like it's thrown about and stuff um i think i really think this generation uh, might be we might see a danger of indie game stock potentially going away if they have to sustain themselves by upping their price as well because um, i mean the argument with stuff like you know four guys and, and rocket league um they were charged at, at a lower price. They weren't full price. Um, you know, I mean, my argument with Rocket League is that like, I, I don't think I've played, I don't think I've played any game this generation um, that's slowly dying out um, more than Rocket League. Um, simply because the, the premise of what it was, was absolutely um, appealing to me. So I, I would probably would have paid like 50 quid full price if they did it just because for me personally
2: the time it looks fun
3: it. the time that i've got out of it i've gone you know over three four hundred hours out of it so i've gotten all my money it's worth out of it on pc at least but they they probably were so smart to put it on playstation plus because they knew if they can get that play base to get the you know the word out that this game is absolutely you know uh super fun and addictive you know once it's gone off P.S. Plus, obviously, people are probably going to pay full price for it anyway, just for the word of mouth and just how good it was. Um, I, I think games need to have a, a you know, a, a premise of is this going to be fun? Is it going to be? Would people want to play it? Because I think that's that's how games like Rocket League and Fall Guys and to a certain extent Among Us on PC have gotten so popular because it's got a really addictive premise and all right it's um, repetitive but it's like it's a good repetitive or at least the gameplay is fun it's Mm. always going to be fun it's never going to really kind of lose its appeal Um, but for stuff like I don't want to keep on picking on it but like Marvel's Avengers um, unfortunately the gameplay just isn't fun as something like Destiny 2 was so Destiny 2 can kind of get away with what it did, although now it's now it's gone free to play, so everyone can play it now. Um, I can't see Avengers going down that route, unfortunately. I mean, I think it needs to to save itself if it really wants to push what it wants to do, to add all these heroes and like they've delayed all the heroes that would come out. Like already we should have had, I think the two Hawkeyes come out by now, but they've delayed them because. The game just came out in such a bad state, and they've had to focus on bug fixes. But I think, I think really, the the price is only as good as what you're willing to pay for. If the game is going to be fun, you know, and if it's not, then unfortunately, no, no matter no matter what price you put out, it's just not going to sell. <laughs> so, I mean, that's my take on it. Like, I think initially your game has to be fun for it to be worth what you're willing to put out for
0: well let's move on to something else so hacks now I mentioned on the last episode there was a hack Uh group had hacked uh, Ubisoft mm-hmm. and threatened to uh, leak the Watch Dogs Legion source code so, and they did they ended up releasing it so it was 650 gigs so they just released all the source code wow. to it So, I assume people will be taking that and modding that and doing all sorts of stuff for that. That's not the only hack that has ended up happening. Mm. So, Capcom has ended up being hacked using a ransomware tool known as Ragnar Locker. And apparently this group has managed to steal one terabyte of confidential data. Uh-oh. Capcom Uh Uh, Capcom stated uh, that apparently customer data was likely not affected. So, that doesn't sound exactly Like, convincing, to be honest.
3: I beg go change my uh, Capcom ID password now.
0: (laughs) Apparently, according to the group's ransomware note, the data stolen includes contracts, non-disclosure agreements, sales summaries, and other financial information, along Mm. with personal information of clients and employees. Mm. Does that include customers? So, apparently, the hacker group are demanding Capcom pay them an unspecified fee to have the data returned. Quite a lot of hacks recently. Yeah, definitely.
1: People have got a lot of time on their hands now, they're all locked down. Yeah, they must be on the computers, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, those yeah. um those NDAs will be interesting. Um, yeah. if you can find out who they were for and what's been said well, what they're holding back from us, maybe. But um it's again it's um well, more hacks going on, information being leaked, it well, it's happening more and more, is it? It's um it's not good. No. So yeah, I would urge everybody <laughs> change your passwords. Uh, keep yeah. yourself as yeah. safe. Change as your passwords on
0: everything you ever do ever. Yeah. <laughs> change everything. Just be safe. Change everything. In fact, just just stop stop on the stop the internet.
3: Yeah, just switch themselves <laughs> on the it. Cancel the
0: experiment. I mean that'll be the end of this pod, but
1: is that a worthy sacrifice, maybe? Well, we'll just record it on cassette tape and distribute
3: it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Via carrier. We'll, we'll
3: get we'll get a pirate radio station.
1: <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes. Welcome to
3: Dolphin FM. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you remember the game called The Medium? Yes. So it's oh, a psychological okay. horror adventure game that appears to like render two game worlds at the same time. Yeah. In Australia, the game has been refused a classification. Ooh. Wow.
2: Uh no I mean, it did look
1: fairly gory, definitely when um, in the, one of the trailers where, like, the knife was going through, like, the skin wall. That was pretty... I was going to say, uh...
2: that,
0: that was the bit that you loved, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it looked satisfying, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, no details have been given as to why this happened, uh, but Australia ha- does seem to have history when it comes to refusing or restricting classifications in regards to games.
2: Hmm.
3: I've got some news uh, that I managed to fish out that I actually didn't realise um, got announced uh, between this and the previous podcast, funnily enough. Don't know how I missed this one, because it's it's, uh, it's probably something that myself and uh, you, Mark, would, was uh, was probably looking forward to for quite a
0: while. I think I know what you're going to say, but go
3: Hmm. Yes. So uh, it got announced by Bioware that the Mass Effect's legendary edition
0: the worst kept secret out. in gaming
3: <laughs> yeah did not we so... talk about
0: this in one
1: of the first podcasts
3: <laughs> probably i mean it was it was a rumor at that point but i think it's hmm. it's been a rumor that we've kind of known for a while that would uh eventually you know come out officially so yeah so bioware finally announced that a remastered collection of the the first three games the trilogy uh, will be coming out in spring 2021 for uh, for Xbox One, PS4 and PC while they are working on doing a forward compatibility for uh, the next-gen consoles as well.
0: Nice.
3: Uh, so, I mean... Well,
0: the trust, oh, it, will also, it, it will also awesome. include all the single-player DLC.
3: Yes, it uh, will. Virtual yeah.
0: armor, weapons and packs all optimized for 4K Ultra HD. Hmm.
3: I would oh, like to see uh, if they have the uh, multiplayer working for the third game, because I, I really love the uh, the multiplayer aspects for
0: it. Wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that happening. But
3: Probably not. If they did.
0: but I'm so looking forward to that. I've got a lot to say on the Mass Effect trilogy, but maybe one day we'll come to a period where we might be able to discuss that in a bit more, more detail.
3: Yeah, uh, at some point, I think um, I'm sure both of us would like to gush over all three games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a difference on which one's our favourite, but that's uh, that's oh, that's for well, as,
0: as a trilogy, <laughs> as a trilogy, I think we can say it's amazing. Oh
3: yeah,
0: yeah. One uh, thing that what? I
1: think they should add on to that, um, well, that package, is the um, Mass Effect Andromeda pre-patch. So it's got all the funny eyes and stuff. That would be <laughs> hilarious.
3: <laughs> all the weird faces. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got to chapter. say. Well, that wasn't the only thing they announced, was it?
3: No, no, it wasn't the only thing because apparently they are working on a new Mass Effect as well. Mm-hmm. No details that are found from it other than we're doing it.
0: Well, they did show a concept art piece. Um, oh, they
3: did. Yes, of the. Um,
0: so it's a painting of like a ship. Parked a up ship slash vehicle, wasn't it? Yeah, and there was four characters just stood next to it. Mm. Uh, on like a. It's like dusk on this planet. Not much to really clean from it, but no. Nope. I'm a bit into minds about this because obviously what happened with Andromeda. So can kind I of get fully excited? But then again, it's Mass Effect, and yeah. I hope they've learned from what's happened in mm. Andromeda. I'll have an open mind. I hope it's gonna be great. But replaying that trilogy in I'm that lost. sweet 4K HDR, I'm 60 lose, frames a second. I'm gonna lose so many hours playing that. I can't wait for it. Cannot wait. <laughs> incredible series of games. Mm. But I only ever played the trilogy once, and I played Paragon Man, and Paragonda. I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do Renegade Woman, so I think that's that's what I might do next. Mm. This comes out. But this is the thing. I was on those games. I do. I do always struggle. Well, not just Mass Effect, but any game really. I always struggle to try and be the bad guy. I always <laughs> like trying to be nice, because oh, in, in back of my mind is like. If, I, if I'm doing the bad stuff, though, I'm going to get a bad ending, aren't I? <laughs> oh, you could end. get the good ending. It's like Red Dead too. I wanted to be a bad guy, but I, I couldn't like to be honorable. <laughs> kind of but...
1: I think you'll be shocked to find out that I'm probably going to go for the bad ending.
0: Yes,
3: yeah. I'm very shocked. This is my shocked face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Demon's Souls, at least. Mm. Uh, you know how on the... Um, So PS5 is making use of this on their UI about the guides and walkthroughs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, apparently Demon Souls has got over 180 videos to help you along the way. Oh, nice. So they've really put put in-depth into that. Wow. Because it's a famously punishing series, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know the Soulsborne community is actually supposed to be very nice. You know, normally a lot of communities are toxic. Mm. Apparently the Soulsborne ones are quite nice. Because you can actually you can you can invade other games, can't you? Or something like that. It's, I don't know if it's the games, but you can even, like
3: yeah.
0: other ones. And like they're supposed to come and attack you, your player. But actually, yeah, I know a lot of people like they join other games and then they just end up helping that person. Yeah. Find the monsters. Oh, yeah, well,
3: they could do. I think it was in, um, I think Dark Souls, but I've introduced that. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was Dark Souls, like, yeah. um, well, there's, there's people who can invade, but they can also invite people to actually help you as well. So, I think. I don't know if Demon Souls did it, but I know Dark Souls, they had the whole um messaging uh yeah. feature where other players could put down messages to potentially warn or Yeah. So like creature <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like go up the stairs and then as you're going upstairs, there's like a boulder coming down. It's like, Oh well, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> or there's like a, <laughs> a message for a rope saying, Oh, by the way, there's a boulder coming down or something.
0: <laughs> Turn back
3: now. Turn back, yeah.
0: Oh, that's well, it's nice.
3: great.
1: It's great that um it's really been taken advantage of. Mm. Um and hopefully it's a sign of things to come for the games.
0: Uh, there's a rumour that at the Game Awards Ooh. there will be a reveal for a new Silent Hill game. Ooh. I say I've never played any of the Silent Hill games, so Uh
3: I've played I played four. Um Oh
0: correction, I've played a demo of one. Uh, was it the one called Room or the Room or something like That's
3: that? That's the one that I was playing.
0: Ah, <laughs> was yeah, before I, I played I played the demo. That. Yeah, it's uh it's freaky. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing on the wall or something like that. So sort of crawl out the wall. Uh,
3: yeah. So like, there's a. I suppose I suppose the premise of it is, is that you're stuck in a room of an apartment, and you have to kind of find a way out. And you find that like. I think it's behind the mirror in the bathroom. It's like this massive wall, uh, hole that's suddenly then and you end up crawling out of it and you're in the, I suppose, the Silent Hill world. I don't know if number four was actually set in Silent Hill. I think it's just, it was just a continuation of whatever's been happening in the previous games. it would be nice to see. I think, um, I would love to have seen what Kojima would have done with Silent Hills. I think he had some like,
0: Massive the whole, plans for The whole PT thing was a, it's a missed opportunity, isn't it? I mean, based off of that, I would never have played the game. But <laughs> it would have been very interesting to see.
1: Hey, PT's very family
0: friendly, I love you now. Well, you, you'd have it as a new game, wouldn't you? First, yeah. first time you're playing a game, give them BT. Somebody said I said BT, then. <laughs> give, them, give them British Telecom. Yes! <laughs> BT Home Internet. Yeah. <laughs> So, any wrestling fans out there, so, yes. rest, the wrestling promotion, AEW, have announced they're working in conjunction with Ukes to produce some games based mm. like that promotion. Now, anybody remembers the old WWE or WF Smackdown games? Back in the early days, they were developed by Ukes, very popular games. And then those games ended up getting taken over by 2K and became trash. I've not <laughs> played them. Well, uh, I've barely I mean, played any. Other, put it that way. Let's be honest. The last one was a okay. complete horror show. WWE 2K20 was terrible, and then was it Battle? Was it Battlegrounds? Is that what it was called?
2: Battlegrounds.
0: Yeah. That wasn't that great either. So now AEW are going to be working with Uke's again. I'm looking forward to this. I think they'll be quite good. Well, back in uh, the old school.
3: Hmm. I hope so. I mean, they've said they said they want to make a, a No Mercy style wrestling mm-hmm. game. I think for anyone who is like a gaming fan and a wrestling fan kind of knows that um, WWF No Mercy on N 64 is like the holy grail of wrestling games.
0: Yeah, it's widely regarded as one of, or if not the best wrestling
3: games. Yeah. Game. Um, I don't know who, who the developer was at that point. I think it was Acclaim, maybe. Sounds might, familiar. Because um, I think they made like the WCW games as well, which uh, funny enough, I actually thought they were pretty good as well on the N64. But yeah, I, I think I think people had suspicions that when Ukes, um suddenly left uh, WWE in 2K um, with well after 19, because I think Ukes was still kind of developing the games, but to, they were using kind of 2K's yeah. technology. Um, and then as time gone on, 2K kind of picked up some of the other stuff and Ukes were kind of becoming more of a, I suppose, like a consultancy to, uh, to 2K on how to do it. But then they left after 19 and, I mean, so we saw the, the trash that was 2K20 with the amount of bugs and bad gameplay that they tried to do, which is why they've taken a year off, because um, they need to,
0: I suppose... Get better. Yeah, <laughs> really, took a year off. Okay, good. What effectively yeah. is a mobile game.
3: Yeah. Um. So I think I think going with Ukes is, is a smart, uh, a smart decision by AEW. Um. And I mean, they've they've got a lot of gaming fans. I mean, Kenny Omega is a massive gaming nerd. I mean, all the stuff they did in Japan, he, he likes his Japan games, and um, I'm I'm sure he'd help create that game. And I think along, along with that, I don't think Eukes is making the rest of these. I think it's purely just a console game. But they're going to have two mobile games. Um, mm-hmm. One based on, like, a, a general manager mode, um, which I think quite a lot of gaming fans wanted back in the WWE games. Or at least certainly what um, Austin Creed has made uh, popular again with his um, GM mode series on YouTube. Uh, I think people really wanted to see that again. So they're going to have a mobile version of that, which looks interesting. And then they've got this this other one. Um, is it Double off in Casino something? I, can, I can't quite remember the name of it. I don't know. I'm not sure what that one's based on. I don't think it's, it's quite in the same style as what the GM mode is and the, the console games can be. But, I mean, they're making a, they're making a play for... For the wrestling genre, um, I'd be happy to see someone finally challenge WWE at this at this point for at least quality-wise and and how fun the games could be. I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. let like to see what what they could do with the first AEW. I mean, you can't get it any worse than what TNA tried to do. Um, apparently, that was very terrible.
0: <laughs> Should we move on to what we're coming to play. Go on, yeah. go on, Dave. Starts off. What to play? I've been playing nothing. Nothing Nothing at all. Because the games that I've
1: been playing are going to be part of our next couple of segments, so I've got nothing to say.
3: What about you, Matt? (laughs) Straight into it. Okay. Uh, Well, unfortunately, I've not not been, well, maybe fortunately, I've not been playing anything that goes into next segment, so I can talk about these. Um, So, I started getting back into a game that's called Elite Dangerous. Uh, If, if you've not heard of it, it's pretty much like a, a, a space f- flight simulator. Don't know if that's quite right or wrong. Um, it's, it's fairly MMO-esque uh, in mm. that, like, you you start off with your pilot, you start on, um, I suppose, like, a, everyone gets, like, a base spaceship that they start off with, and you start learning how to fly it, um, how to fast travel into um, different systems within the in the massive galaxy that you're in and you can do different jobs and stuff like you can be a, a courier to take stuff from one space station take it to another space station and you can um, build up like reputation between different factions and whatnot me and i may have been doing this like we've we've gone out of the i suppose that the tutorial collection of uh systems and you think that's big and then you go into like the galaxy and it's just absolutely massive. Like, I didn't think the game was as, as big as what it is, but you, you can do all sorts of great, your, um, your ship and stuff. Uh, you can carry more items between different systems or you can um, take out uh, pirate ships as well. Um, that's been quite interesting though. Most of the time I've been trying to take them out. They get to about thirty percent elf and then they bloody um, fast travel away from me them again so i'm gonna start that all over again but no that's that's been quite fun um and apparently vr for it is really good like i've not got a vr system from a pc but i think if like if i ever do i think elite dangerous might be one of the first ones to try it out because it really makes you feel like you're in a space spaceship it's really good pretty good um space sim. i'd uh, recommend. Something else that we've started to get into is games called Warhammer Vermintide 2.
2: Hmm. Uh,
3: so this is set within the, I suppose, the Warhammer universe. I'm not massively familiar with it, other than it's like you've got your orcs, your mages, your warriors and stuff and whatnot. Um, but this is like a, this is like Warhammer's version of Left 4 Dead, in that you start with a class, so there's like five different classes. You kinda of got like um each one's got like a melee weapon then like a ranged weapon. But some some are different. Some are like one's very archer slash assassin esque, where she's using bows but then she'll use daggers and stuff. And there's another one who's like a full on mage, um, where she, she's got like she can use spells. If you use it too much, you end up like overusing your powers and stuff and you end up like self destructing. Which is which is a weird mechanic. Uh, I tried to get used to it. And it's it's really it's very different, but it's 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 fun. It's quite cool. Um, it's very good, fairly gory as well. Um, you can lob heads off and limbs, which is I suppose uh, a plus in Nathan's book as as always. Uh, Sweet chopping limbs, like it. Yeah. It's uh it's four player co-op, so it, it's pretty cool. First person. Um, I think it is on. Consoles might be worth having a look potentially, and then I've been trying. I've been getting back into FTL, Fast and Light. Uh, That's just a fun little. It's a fun little game where you're essentially managing a a spaceship as well with your crew, and you go into different systems while trying to essentially get away from this like, uh, like a corporate. I suppose like a corporation in effect who's like taking over all the systems they end up trying to uh, fast travel into, and then you go to different spots. You go to different points at each system, and you can either, like, fight another spaceship, in which if you beat them, you'll get their resources, which you can use to upgrade. Um, Your systems, like uh, shields, uh, weapon systems... um, being able to see more information about the other ship as well, so you can, rather than just seeing what weapons they've got, like, what crew they've got and stuff and that. It's just a fun little game. It's it's just, like, a nice relaxing game to play, um, just to waste time in. Um, And then, like, towards the end, once you get to, like, the last system, you end up having to fight this, like, massive ship that's got all these different weapons and whatnot, and it's all about, like, managing... um, what to take out of first on it like what systems and then I've never been it <laughs> never been it uh, I've gone really close once and it's just it ends up cloaking and then I can't hit it all and then it comes back and fires like that one rocket that ends up destroying my ship and I've got to start all over again oh. uh, but it's, it's quite fun it's nice um, and then one last thing that I've been playing is the last DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield um count, the crown tundra so i've been playing more with that i don't know if i i can't remember if i started playing it the last podcast i might have but i've gone further into it got to the point where i'll i've got to fight the the legendary pokemon that's um like the i suppose the mascot off this dlc oh god i forgot what the pokemon's called you essentially fight it and it's like, it's Steed Pokemon as well, which I didn't realise was part of the DLC, um, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. So, I'm going to find that, and then I've got to try and, I've still not caught all the legendary birds that have split splintered between the different areas. So one's in like the, count, the Crown Tundra Wild Area DLC, which is really good. I, I really like how they've handled the, the Wild Area in this one, because all the places are like interlinked now as well rather than being kind of on separate routes and you've just got a wild area that's separate away from anything that really happens Mm. um they've incorporated that really well one of the birds has gone to the isle of armor wild area and then the other one's gone into like the main base game wild area which i need to go and track down and catch but then doing the the dynamax adventures has been quite fun as well So, so that's where you go through these different Tunnels um, with four other, well, not four, other, three other players, and you choose which route you want to go to. So you could go down to like uh, the electric route, which you end up finding like electric Pokemon in a Dynamax fight, or you can go going against like a Rock one. But towards the end, you always end up finding against like the uh, legendary Pokemon that you can catch. I've quite enjoyed that. Uh, I think it's a really good feature to have added into this DLC
1: so what are you an advocate for this kind of expansion for pokemon games are um, you enjoying it
3: I've enjoyed them yeah I think what they've added to the base game has been really good like finally being able to have a Pokemon out of its bowl and following you as well which I don't know why it wasn't in the base game but introducing the DLC I think it's been good I think it's unfortunate that you can't ride them though like you can the let's go games like I think yeah that should be where, that should be something that should be, like a staple in the games now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now that it's all 3D and it's all, and stuff, Like you should be able to really, do that kind of stuff. Be able to ride your Pokémon or, be able to fly around the the wild area like you could in, um, in Let's Go Let's and, go. Um, yeah. and to a certain extent in the Omega. Omega, Ruby, Omega and Alpha, Ruby and Sapphire Alpha, so. games, yeah. like being able to ride Latias or Latios around mm. the full area, yeah, that was, was really cool. cool. Um, they always seem to keep progressing features and then suddenly bring them in, like the third or the sequel games. It's really yeah. annoying. They should just all the features just in one game. Just do it.
1: Well, that's what I'm waiting for. Um, the the game that's got all the DLC, all the features, um, in physical, of course. Um, and then I'll I'll buy it then, like the armor edition or whatever it's going to be called. Don't
3: know what. They or do. if
1: they ever do it, we don't know.
3: Well, I think I think they're already doing a phys- I think they're doing a physical a physical one with all the DLC attached to it. I think they're already oh, doing. Oh great. It. Oh nice. I'm looking forward to that.
0: I'll, I'll have a look into that. But
3: yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, how about you, Mark?
0: Uh, you know how last time I said I was playing the. Little Nightmares DLC.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's three levels on the DLC. I don't, I don't really complete the first one. Mm-hmm. And so I was playing through that, and I got to the third one, which I believe was called The Residence. So in these DLC, so in the main game, you're playing as a young girl called Six, and in the DLC, you're playing as a young boy called, the, just called The Runaway Kid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I came to a bit, so I was fairly quite, quite far into the third one, they came to this bit where you come across these sort of shadow children creature kind of things. So mm. they're kind of like, they're like apparitions, but they're kind of like made of smoke. And basically the runaway kid, he has a torch. And mm-hmm. in order to kill these shadow creatures, you just have to point your torch at it. And you have to hold it on them for about three seconds, and then they just die.
2: Mm.
0: So they came to this bit where I've got to run across a room, avoiding these shadow children things. And at the end of the room is a chair and a lever on a wall. Now, in order to progress, you've got to move the chair to the lever, climb the chair, jump onto the lever, pull it, opens the door. Mm. But throughout all that, while you're doing it, you've got these shadow children who keep coming at you constantly. And it's not like you can't kill them all because they just keep appearing. It's like infinite. Mm. There's no way to there's no way to do it. Mm. So you've got to incrementally pull the chair, stop, point your touch at one of these shadow children, and then once you've killed it, and then move, the, move the, chair the chair again. And I start to get really quite cross at this point. So Because I mentioned in the previous episode that the mechanics of the game can be a bit clunky and don't always work quite the way you want it to. Mm. So it came to a point where I was I was like point my torch, and then when, when the torch goes on these shadow children, they start to run sideways to avoid the light mm. that they're facing. Okay. So you have to follow them with the torch. And that creates another problem because then other ones come up. And it's like, as soon as these touch you, you're dead. That's it. Mm. So I will start getting across because they kept appearing and I'm moving the chair slightly, pointing my torch, and then it moved to like, the bottom of the screen and obviously I'm shining my torch, that point and then ones running up behind me aren't they? I'm like, well I can only point my torch in one direction and I've got to I've got to have it in this life for about three seconds before it dies. Mm. And I, it just I just couldn't do it. I kept being killed. <laughs> and in the foreground of it seemed to have like a pillar and like the drawers or something which was obscuring the view. So mm. that was just bad design mm. that I couldn't really see where they were coming. And I died about I would say about 15 times. It's black flag all over again, oh. and two came at once. Died, and I just went f this. I am done, and I rage quit. <laughs> wow! I swi- I switched it off. And i was just. I'm done with it. I was. I, I, I was. I was so infuriated. I'm Never played you again. <laughs> I was so mad. I was. It was such an annoying. Cause even though the mechanics were clunky. It's the main game never caused much of a problem. Mm. This DLC was infuriating, particularly this last one. Did you look online uh, to see if there was any
1: a different way of doing it? See if yeah. you were missing a certain mechanic or something.
0: Well, there wasn't anything else there. That 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 is what you had to do. I just, I knew that's what you had to do, but there's no other way to do it. Mm. But I just I enough that the red mist descended. I'm yeah. just like. <laughs> F this, I'm done. So I just quit that. I just like I don't care. I mean, I'm glad I completed the main game. I would encourage you to play the main game, for bugger this DLC. Done. Never going to play that again. But in oh. more better better news, uh, I completed Watch Dogs 2. Oh, good. So, so took a while in typical Ubisoft fashion,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but there uh, is one good uh, one good moment. In. So in the penultimate mission, you infiltrate a like electronics companies, main headquarters kind of thing. Mm. And you walk into a room, and there's a big podium, and on the podium is a big mechanical spider. This, cool. is, the, uh, this is the typical spider talk in every episode. Yay. Um, and I thought, oh, no, this is going to be horrible, isn't it? But it turns out you end up just controlling this mechanical spider. So you run up into a room no. and you take control of it. And it's massive, and it, c- it, c- it climbs up walls and all that. So you just hack into it. And it can stomp on people, climb on walls, shoots cannons. Best Wait, spider ever. <laughs> Best spider, spider in since game. Best spider in games. Uh, but yeah, then I went on a couple of the game. It's all right. It's an all right game. I mean, a bit repetitive at times, but not a bad game. So that's that, done. though. know. That's, that's another one of the big open world games ticked off. Hey, you're smashing through them now, aren't you, Mark? We'll have yeah. done them all soon. Yes, that's that Ready for next um, gen? Well, current gen. And I recently bought Forza Horizon 4. Ooh. Oh, so, this, so this was the um, pretty much the only recent driving game I've been interested in wanting to get. Mm. Because it's, say, the British countryside. Oh, we'd love being hey. old lighter. Uh, I've not played a whole lot. I've only played about three hours, something like that. So I've got a house. Give me uh-huh. a house, which is nice. Uh, but I bought, I got the um, the Ultimate Bundle. So I've got, like, all these free cars that I've got to claim. Okay. So literally, there's about, like, 50 free cars I've got. Oh, nice, actually. Which I've I I only claimed, like, two of them. Actually, it might be more than 50. There's a lot of them. But it includes the James Bond pack as well. So I've got, like, the Aston Martin DB5, oh. which I can't, I can't wait to ride around in. So that'll be good. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, just ride it. What I like about it in the game is how it, it makes you know how you see other drivers on the road.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But they're actually a computer.
1: Yeah, yeah. it uses your friend's gamer tags. That's yeah. a nice touch. Yeah. So I, I think I saw yours, Nathan. Mm. I think. And that made you want to run me off at road. <laughs>
0: well, I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah that's, that's good. I like that. Uh, but as I say, I'm not really. I mean, the races are racers. I, mean, mm. I think I like a, the variation a, of the races though. The difficulty is not bad as well. I mean, a lot, a lot of times on races, I tend to be pretty. Well, it's always difficult to win them. same previous racing racing games that I play. But actually now I can quite comfortably. Maybe I've got it on too easy, but I don't care. I, I want to win the games. I want to win those races. Give me all the free stuff. Give me all the points. Get you it. All the.
3: Boy, you don't want a challenge. You not want a challenge.
0: No, but at least you can change it. You can, you can, you can up and down. Up it if you think it's I'm too easy. To yeah. easy. Yeah. And if you up it, up it, you get more XP points and things like that. So it might be worth up being it anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've done really of on Forza Horizon 4, but I've not, I've not gone massively in-depth in it yet. Uh, and then another game i played, well, that I've replayed, because it's a long time since I've played this, but I've, it's a fantastic game. Black Yeah.
3: Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <okay. laughs> and that's uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes.
3: Oh, um, yes, I've heard this one.
0: Now, if you don't know what Keep Talking and There'll is, it's a bomb defusal game, which is cooperative play. So one person has is in a room with a bomb. Now, this was uh, on VR, so you could play on PSVR, but there was an update where you didn't need the VR anymore. So that was great. Uh, so, yeah, one person is there diffusing a bomb, mm-hmm. and another person or a group of people uh, have got a bomb defusal manual and then they, you have to describe what's on the bomb, and then the, the person with the manual has to describe to you how to disarm the bomb. Uh, I've actually got my bomb diffuser manual right here. Very <laughs> wow. nice. So, yeah, I was playing it online with my brother. So he bought the game, because obviously he didn't need VR anymore. Mm. So we were just doing it all online. Really good fun. I mean, there's not much else you can really say about it, but, but I was also playing with my niece. Hello, Faith, if you're listening. Um... Uh, so she was like diffusing the bomb, mm. and I was doing the manual stuff. And I was actually surprised at how well she was actually doing, because uh, I thought she might struggle to describe all the things on it. Mm. No, she did, did really well. So it was just good fun playing that. Uh, I really think we need to play that. Yeah. I think it would be really <laughs> fun. Yeah, test the communication.
1: It's yeah. either going to make the relationship stronger or break us up forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, one of us have been blown up, so you know.
1: Yeah, true.
0: To it anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think we really need to play that. It'd be so much fun. I think.
1: Is it still an offer on the yeah. um, PlayStation Store?
0: Yeah, I think it's until the twentieth. I think it's just over a five. Oh, cool. It's well worth it. It's mm. well worth it, especially now that you don't need the VR, so it's a lot easier to access. I think that's why I didn't play as much as I as I should have because yeah, uh, putting all the VR on and etc. Mm. And obviously because lonely. So play on, yeah, at least now you can play it online. So online. if another person just gets the game, you can just you can just play it online like that.
2: Yeah. yeah. You
0: don't need to you don't need to be in a party per se. It's just one person has a manual other person just plays the game and you can it's the same. Mm-hmm.
2: That
0: uh, sounds good. But one final game I've played that you know I like my simulations and mm-hmm. slice of life games that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll be playing Train Sim World Two, so
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So I played a train driver called Thomas Derail, non <laughs> determinism and all that.
2: That's inspired.
0: <laughs> and I started playing as a train driver on the London Underground because oh, that's that because the London Underground is in the uh, Train Sim World Two. I was mm. introduced to that? And particularly the Bakerloo line. Mm. So I was there, so. I actually got really nerdy about this. And I just, I just... I had my coffee in my thermos flask. And I was sat there, just in my little cabin, just uh, pushing all the buttons, just watching the world go by. Working away. Yeah. It's, it's just something really pleasant about it. I can't... If you're not into them, you're just nine to them. But I just... Mm. I, d- I don't know why I love these sorts of games. But I just do. It's just... I like the simplicity of it. But there's one bit where... I had to go to um, start off Queen Station. Is it Queens Road? I, I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, I was doing went to one end of the line, and then you have to come back up the line, the opposite direction. Mm. Now, obviously, when you get to the end of the line, you've then got to switch cabins, haven't you? You've got to go into the cabin at the other side. Mm. So instead of being smart and just like leaving the train and then go to <laughs> into the, full, I decided to just go through the entire carriage. So I had to open and close like all the doors, twenty doors oh. throughout the entire <laughs> train. And then I realised I was about three minutes late to like getting to the next stop because oh, I'm no. just farted about. all well, the... <laughs> southerners late <laughs> that
2: mate. Three three late, will you have to try and up. adhere
0: because it has the timetable in this in, like in the corner. It tells you like the time yeah. you're supposed to reach the next station, and I'm just failing miserably. And I overshot the stations quite a few the times as well. Oh dear. Nobody can get on. Yeah. So it's like by the time we came to a stop, there's probably only like one carriage that was still by the by the station. It's like everyone pile into the back, you'll be fine.
3: Just make your way through. We've
0: got we've got a COVID
1: special on. Everybody um
0: yeah.
1: everybody stick together.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know why I like it. I just do. It's just like for half an Is hour you just have a train journey.
1: Is it just the um, the slow down in pace that you can just relax and I methodically so, do yeah. what you need to do?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's because it's uncomplicated. Well, mm. actually, no, that's that's not quite because a lot <laughs> of the, the, the buttons. Although there are, for the for the for the tube train there is some you can it's got like uh, buttons on the pad which are just like make it a lot easier. So R two will increase speed, R one will decrease speed. Yeah. left on the D-pad will open the left doors, or on the D-pad will open the right doors and they will also close them. And that's really only the buttons you really need to know after you start the uh, train up from the start. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been playing. Ah, Round nice. around on my train. On my choo-choo. <laughs> Shall we move on to the Video Game Hall of Fame? Go on then. Okay, so this is where we take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance and inducting into our part the games we feel deserve special recognition. Our I inductee mean, this episode was first released in 2004 on the Windows PC, subsequently getting releases on Xbox, Xbox 360, and the PS3. Developed and published by Valve, it's Half-Life 2. Ooh. So, did you play this back in the day? first released, or did you wait?
2: Ooh,
3: when it was first released.
0: Because you're more the PC player. out of Man, <laughs> I mean,
3: uh, I'm the True. I'm trying to think what it would have been. 14 when it came out. Uh, I don't think i properly go into PC gaming until I was about 16, 17. Um, I'd flipped over from uh, Xbox Live over to PC when the 360 came out because I did not, uh, could not afford it at the time. So I went well, over to PC gaming. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was about, I think, 18, 19 when I first actually tried Half-Life 2. And unfortunately, my my 17, 18-year-old self um, did not have a great opinion of it initially. If only because it is a very slow kind of starter. It's it's a bit of a slow burner um, getting into the game, getting into it. So um, I just kind of know you kind of start off on this train Mm -hmm. as Gordon Freeman. Um, You're riding up to uh is it city, city, 17? city 17 17 yep. 17 yep um and as you're on this train ride um mr g-man or g-man um is talking g-man. about nonsense to i think it's g-man isn't it I, yeah, I don't honestly, that, yeah um so yeah so he starts talking about nonsense to gordon about things and aliens and whatnot i think uh and then you arrive in the station you get out and you you get a bit kind of um forced through through the station a bit. Um like it's quite interesting there's there's one point where there's like a guard who just like knocks over a can off uh <laughs> on top of a trash can and like tells yeah, you to pick it up. And, and if you don't you end up getting like getting a bit of a bean from him and he ends the game there. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you did well Gordon. Uh <laughs> so you uh go through that and then um one guard pulls you into a room um and it's Barry, I think, is the name, the guard, who's was like, "Oh, you're you're here and whatnot, and oh, you need to go here actually to do what you need to be doing." Um, but it was such a bit of a slow start for me um, at that point in my life. where I was just like,
0: What's "You're not about thrown this game? into the action, are you?" Yeah.
3: No, it it takes a good probably like an hour, an hour and a half to to get really going into like. Uh, I suppose the first real kind of big set piece and mm. shooting in that. But it takes it takes a while. And I think at that point, I was just like, what is this? Like, why? I don't see why this game's good. So I just end up dropping it. Um, and it went until probably my early 20s that I just picked it back up. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a proper go because it's hailed as the best best game in the world at the moment. Uh, or maybe still is, arguably, potentially. Uh, I'd give it a proper go and I started to understand like why why it was actually as good as what people were saying because like obviously uh, at the point when it came out I don't think there was anything like it in terms of at least in terms of like graphics and especially the physics engine like it was it was just something completely different to what anyone else was doing.
0: Yeah, it was a sort of evolution in terms of first-person shooters, wasn't it? Because it wasn't a 1st really yeah. shooter, per se. There's yeah. a lot of puzzly aspects of it in terms of traversal yeah. and
1: things like that. Yeah, i had quite a lot to it. I mean, it had the puzzle aspects. There were a little bit of platforming in there, you could argue as well, um, in parts where you've got to traverse certain areas. Um, there were a couple of points when I played it that I fell off a building and died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, if you think it came out in 2004, it was very innovative for the type of game it was. One thing I would level against it, though, is the amount of load screens. They don't take very long, but they do break the immersion.
0: I think I read that apparently there's something like 68 or something like that loading That's screens great. in total. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that it seems to be like one sort of seamless world, so to speak. It's not level, level, level.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like contagious
0: kind of thing but I know what you mean. It's like you'll jump off a platform and then... And then you're halfway through jumping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just... Halfway, yeah.
2: Loading.
1: Load screen. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I think there's a part just before you go into um, a building and the loading screen is just before some guards come out to try and attack you. So when, at this point, I just I made my save. And then just as I come into the game... I just get shot at, so I lose 20% of my health. <laughs> so that was quite a funny moment. But, um, yeah, I think the only bugbear that I've got for it is the probably will be the load screens. Um, I like the shooting mechanics. Um, that's really, really fun. Um, as you face, well, the first enemies that you face are like the, I want to say the Black Stormtroopers. That's, that's what I like to call them. And then um, a bit later on, you start finding um, the aliens. So what I can only describe as like the Venus flytrap style, they basically have this long string, and if they catch you, they'd like try and pull you into the mouths to try and eat you, and they take quite a lot of health. But you can easily get around them by shooting them in the the mouth, and then they'll drop you. Um, There was a certain bit of the game where you're in kind of like a dark tunnel, and there's loads of them. Um, so you keep getting pulled up. And um, there was a certain point that I got to where I ran out of ammo. So I just, well, this is before I knew to use the crowbar to attack them. I just let it kill me. So I could Gordon, go back to the safe.
0: Freeman, Gordon Freeman loves his crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> he loves that crowbar. Smash mm. everything in sight for
1: that. Yeah. Oh, there was one other thing that um, was fairly annoying. the um, The handling of the hovercraft. That was terrible. You think? Yeah. I, out, I mean, for what I remember anyway. If you mm, I'm, I'm, it a long time. I'm I've played it mm. over the last couple of weeks, so I'm using my modern day gaming preconceptions. Mm. So I imagine for 2004 it would have been really good because it's a little bit like how the Warthog um, used to uh, handle <clears throat> where you use the right stick to point the direction and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, that was a bit annoying. But I, d- I do like the puzzly aspects. They're, they're not that deep, but it's a nice change of pace from yeah, the shooting side. Yeah, because it's interesting where,
0: just like you have to move objects. Is like, isn't there? There's, well, there's a few of these things where you have to move a bunch of cinder blocks onto a plank mm. of wood just yeah. to raise it to make it like a seesaw.
1: Yeah, mm. I think that was the first one of the first bits where you needed to
0: kind of stop
1: and think yeah. and use the things around you to try and. Um, get to a point where you could progress.
0: Yeah, like the one where it was in the in that water section that you just mentioned, where you have to put all those barrels underneath Mm. under the ramp, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Imagine. I would say this game has so many red barrels. So this is the (laughs) the standard video game trope of red barrels equals explosives. Yeah, like shoot
1: one, (laughs) and then everything basically goes up. Yeah, there's so many explosives in it.
3: It was satisfying to actually put one of those underneath the um, long-tongued alien ones. Yeah. So they start pulling it up, (laughs) and then you shoot and just explode them all. Because they tend to
0: group up, don't they? Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's good. Good Uh, use of physics and puzzles, there.
0: I mean, that brings us on to the gravity gun, isn't it? The gravity gun. One of the best (sighs) weapons in game. Oh, yeah. I think
3: think so. I think it's got to be up there.
0: That's what made the whole physics aspect great, didn't it? The fact that you could pick things up and just Mm. do things with it. And just pick up any object because you can pull things towards you as well, couldn't you? It mm. wasn't just a case of always finding things out. So that was good. Um, so let's, let's talk about Raven Home. Do we have to? It's Raven Home is interesting because I think it's probably my favourite and also least favourite bit of the game.
3: Yeah, I think it's definitely sort of, the most like
0: memorable part of the game. I yeah, think. but I don't like actually playing through it. Because I remember I, when I was playing, I remember I was playing this. Um, and I, I was playing on the Orange Box on PS3. And uh, I'd been playing for quite a few hours. And then it got. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to finish my session now. You know, I'll pick this up another day. And this is when it just got to Ravenhill. I just <laughs> literally just entered that, exi- ex- exited the tunnel into
2: Ravenhill.
0: Yeah. And then I just saw, like, for just the, the darkness. And then the um, the legs that were swinging from the tree.
3: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I went out a look at a put. So I went up to it, put my torch on, and then suddenly there's just a zombie in the darkness. Or oh, a headcrab yeah. zombie in the darkness behind it. Like, oh! Yeah. Okay. And mm. I just thought by that point, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just get through it. I'll, I'll just play this bit. I'll just, I'll just get through it because I don't want to put this off and then have it to think about it in the future because this looked like a scary <laughs> bit. But this is where the gravity gun came to effect, though. It really came to effect because you could pick up the swords, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. The fire uh,
3: sword discs. They and the
0: physics were... Yeah, the physics were good on that because it, it actually cut where it sliced, didn't it? So, mm. it went away. You cut on the on the enemy,
3: on the zombie and stuff.
0: Yeah, not really good. But Ravenel, man, we don't go through Ravenholm. Well, this the, <laughs> the
3: at this point is is where I have to make probably a bit of confession,
0: and that you stopped uh, playing. You never played it past that point. To a certain
2: degree. <laughs> uh,
3: so that the second the second time that I I played through Half-Life 2, which is like my first proper I'm gonna give this a go. Mm-hmm. Got to Ravenholm and um got to all the zombies and that, and that that was fine for me. And then there's a certain point where you had to you had to switch off like um electricity onto a gate and then made your way up inside a building in a ladder or something, I think. Yeah. And then you have to make your way downstairs and there's once well, you go downstairs, there's kind of like there's there's like there's boxes of crates kind of around, I think. Um, but then one of the crates gets smashed up, and it's like one of the, I suppose, the, the black head crabs. Mm.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: and to I think twenty-four-year-old me, um, this might have resembled something familiar that I don't really like in video games, because it was a, it was a normal head crab is fine. The blackhead crab had kind of more longer, bendier legs that resembled something that I, thought, oh, I don't particularly like in video games. Uh, so at that point, I actually quit Half-Life 2 <laughs> uh, for several years until I finally got back around to it and decided, right, I'm just going to have to go through this. And uh, it wasn't the greatest part of the game, uh, in my view, for me, um, but I did get past it eventually. I've completed Half-Life 2. It just, it took three goals to finally get around to. <laughs> Third time lucky. Third time, yeah. Forced myself through it. But, yeah. Runehove was, like, the best and the worst of Half-Life 2. <laughs> yeah. The enemies are good in that
2: game. Right? No. Like
3: those, those yeah, they are so quite varied. Yeah. um, That one that, as well, that woman though, like, slings the black head crabs at you. It's
0: like, what the hell? Why?
3: Why are you doing this? <laughs>
0: The ones that always got me were those, uh, the ones that that run, like the speedy ones, Mm. the ones that can climb and then like jump at you. They they sort of resemble like the xenomorphs
1: from Halo. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Do it like
1: them. Just in regards to um, the crabs, I always thought they they reminded me of the Flood from Halo.
3: Mm.
1: I think it might have taken a little bit of um, inspiration from there.
3: I think they could have. I think Halo came out before Half-Life 2, didn't it? Although mm. I think Half-Life 2 was definitely in development before potentially.
1: Yeah, because the Halo was 2001, weren't it?
3: Well, I read somewhere, wasn't Half-Life 2 initially meant to come out around 2001, 2002? But, I think hackers managed to get the source code for all of it, yeah. wasn't there? There yeah, was an where... Yeah, they got an early version of the game. And so, Valve were like, right, we're putting this off for like, a year or two. Like, we're not releasing it.
0: Hmm.
3: <laughs> I think it was something like that. I think that's what the story goes. It's, uh, it's a bit of an odd
0: one. I love the Vortigaunts in it. You know, Billy. You know what I'm mad about? They're sort of like these alien creatures which they just refer to you as the Free Man. Okay. That's cool. So, <laughs> the Free, man. The, the free, free man. man. the Free Man has done well. So I, th- I think they were an enemy in the first game. But then they're like your allies in this one.
3: Ah. Oh, is, is the one that you meet in like a train car? Quite early in the game. Yeah, you meet
0: a couple of them, and then later it, on in the game, yeah. they, they try, they're teaching you, like, new skills. Oh, oh yeah. cool. The free man. You oh, to...
3: do they teach you how to control those, like, fire ends? Those ball things. Yeah. Oh, the balls that cool. you can yeah. throw, and then they attract the fire. And...
0: The free man. Throw a ball so. into the pit. The free <laughs> man has done well. I just, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just... For some reason, I just found hilarious. But one, one thing I have to say I really like about uh, the game is that... <laughs> Every NPC or ally you come across, they like think you're the second coming of Jesus. It's like, well, you are the same. They, they think you're the most amazing person ever. It's, like, it's, it's, it's good. If we've got Gordon Freeman with us. I can't <laughs> believe we've got Gordon Freeman.
2: It's like, it's like, yeah. how,
0: how do you know who the, I am? The Freeman. Like, I'm, all only, I'm all all only a the physicist.
3: Rebel fires towards the end.
0: <laughs> I'm just some physicist, you know. Everyone loves you, power. And I love dog. Oh, dog was fun. Dog's great. Not used enough, if you ask me. Not in the game
3: enough. You use them in the VR game, I think, can not you? Well,
0: that's Alex, I think. I, I, I don't know anything about that, the VR, so. Do need to get around to it? Well, that's a PC exclusive, isn't it? So, VR, out, on PC. VR on PC is not cheap.
3: No, but it's much better than PlayStation.
0: <laughs> if it came out on PSVR, I'd, I'd play it, but I can't yeah. see me playing that anytime soon. Mm. Did you play any of the DLCs? Ooh. uh... Episode
3: 1. Two. I didn't know. I'd like to get around to doing them at some point.
0: Because yeah, they, the, they were on the Orange Box as well. So i played through that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything about them. <laughs> but they're
1: there. I've not played any of them yet. I will I think I'll give them a go after I've finally completed the game. I don't think I'm that far away, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, here's the question I've got. I couldn't, I couldn't find this anywhere. Um... When is the game set? Do we know? Well, like, I, I, time frame was. Yeah, I thought it was... I, it looks like a lot... Well, it looks to me like it's set in the 70s. I have no
0: idea, to be quite honest. I'm not is sure. It an, is it supposed to be like an undisclosed time period?
1: Yeah, well, I couldn't find a time period on it, so I think I don't think it's ever been mentioned. But the, when I first played it, I was like, right, it's a dystopian future or past, Maybe. Because it could have yes. been that the aliens came to enslave Earth. I mm. think the war only took about seven hours. Um, yeah. And that was it. Um, and then this is just the future of the fight back. It's very well like an Orwellian dystopia, mm. isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's one of the reasons why I like it. I, I, do, I do like the
3: bleakness of it. It's very, yeah, it's very bleak. So there's no colour to it. <laughs>
1: Did uh, any of you get stuck at any certain points? Because I found that's one thing I do like about it. It doesn't really hold your hand. But there are there were a couple of bits where I was walking around for a good few minutes trying to find out where to go next.
0: Yeah, because it's not uh, it's not mm. guided, is it? You no. Have no. You right don't have objectives time. as such. You know what well, I you think, need to do, generally. but I think that's to the game's credit. Mm. That it's designed in such a way that you pretty much know mostly where you need to go.
2: Mm.
0: I never really got lost or anything like that. It's still fairly linear in terms of its design. Yeah. But you could... There were, like, secret areas, I think, as well, where you could go and pick stuff up.
1: Yeah, that, that is that is one nice thing. If you do go and explore, you do get rewarded for it with, like, extra health and grenades and guns I and stuff. stuff. Yeah. 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 There was one particular bit that I got stuck on that I needed to look at a walkthrough on. So, do you know, just after you go in that red train cart and then you basically get to a point where they're firing at you with that... Um, they're like Tommy Gun style thing. Um, yeah, I think I know what
3: mean. Be...
1: Basically, after you've done that segment, there's a certain um, thing that's supposed to drop to allow you to walk across the right hand side of this um, place where you are. It never dropped for me. So on the walkthrough, I saw it, and basically you, you you were able to walk the path, but for me, it not dropped that certain bit of the path, so I couldn't get past it so what i needed to do is walk to the very end of this section and then try and like jump on top of this like blue van to get over it to proceed in the game
0: (laughs) nothing ever happened to me
1: i must have been unlucky because i tried like shooting these blocks of wood and wood and hitting them and stuff this wouldn't break and i thought this should automatically break really if i need to get to this next bit I tried, like, using barrels to, like, jump onto the barrel to jump onto this section. But then I couldn't get over that section to get onto the path. So I was like, right, that's it. I'm using a walkthrough. So I went to YouTube and found where I needed to go. Then I could work my way around it. Mm. Yeah, that's the that, well, so far, that's the only bit that stopped me. But it's good so far. I'm enjoying it for what it is. To so say it I mean, came like, out 16 years ago. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So uh, Half-Life 3. Is it ever going to happen?
1: Oh, they've been <laughs> well. They've been touting it for ages. Well, for years, aren't they? I mean, I think if it does come out, it's going to be very special.
0: It's got to be. Well, this is I
1: thing don't
2: know
0: with about this thing with Valve, though, isn't it? It's like, are they really going to go into game development much now? Because they've got Steam that gives them all their money. Mm. Do they need to?
1: I think they make a lot of money out of it. Give the IP to someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who would you give it to? Oh, You tell them
3: to give yeah. it, give it out, but who's it worthy of
0: No, I oh, to so make it Xbox exclusive
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it'd be too big for Bethesda
0: to handle. Rockstar? Nah, not that kind of game, is it? Couldn't Could they?
3: Not really proven to do oh. first-person stuff good. GTA Five were good. You know mm. what? Well, I, I actually think. I think I think the game that's gone closest to Half-Life 2 is probably Timefall Two.
2: Mm.
3: I mean, a lot of people were saying it's got one of the best uh, first-person campaigns um,
0: this generation. Listen, I, I still
3: need to play that. I've heard really things about it. I got so far into it, I need to, I need it was, to play it a little more.
0: That was Respawn, wasn't
3: it? Respawn, yeah. I mean... <laughs> so got let's, just
0: let's just say for Respawn, why not? Let's say Respawn. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think Half-Life 3
0: will ever happen in my... Lifetime. No, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think it will, however. I think if it was going to happen, I think it would have happened by now. So part of me thinks that this VR Alex thing was just like, just trying to shut the community up. Yeah. Here's
1: <laughs> so a new Half Life
3: game. Just go with that. <laughs> no, we don't do I- freeze.
1: <laughs> Didn't they end it by putting him back into stasis? So it's open for something else? Hmm.
0: I think. I'm not sure. I don't know how episode two ended. No, oh, I can't remember actually, have... either. Yeah. I, how the Any, game
1: in. I can't remember how it
0: it. Yeah. The music, yeah, there's kind of like some funky techno, techno music in there as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's fairly. It doesn't come in very much, but when it comes in, it's very
0: atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah, it's it feels very organic when well, it does come in. Mm. So there we have it. Half Life Two into the video game Hall of Fame. Yeah. So um,
1: if you don't know, we're doing a separate segment called Top of the Pod. So that's where we pit things against each other and come out with the top thing. Um, so for the next one, we're going to be doing the top Xbox one game of the generation, uh, Xbox exclusive. So um, watch out for that in the coming days. And that's going to be released on YouTube. So something to look forward to there.
0: Yep. I so, yeah, find Joking Dolphin on the YouTube channel. You can mm-hmm. find that. We've also done a previous one, which was the best Pokemon generation. So if you're into that, go and check that one out too. Uh, as for this podcast, well, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by will here on Tuesdays. Uh, you can visit our website, jokingdolphin.com, where we post blogs on the whole of fame. Also, feel free to follow us on our social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on Facebook, as well as Instagram and Twitter, Joking Dolphin. As we've just said, we're also on YouTube, where we post this very podcast. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Toodles. Bye. Bye.